Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Katie Midwinter, Izzy Phillips and Betfair's Mark Karoski. Well, we'll be previewing all the main ITV action for the November meeting at Cheltenham this Saturday and Sunday. We're all going to be there as well, so if you see us, uh, make sure you give us a shout and give us a wave and yeah, we'll, we'll talk racing. But enough of that, let's see how everyone is. Um, Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Uh, are you looking forward to Cheltenham at the weekend? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to going for the socials this time and not be presenting, actually. Like, I do love presenting, obviously, but it is nice just to be able to chill and really enjoy the racing. It's really good racing this weekend. Yeah, plenty of decent uh, quality. And, yeah, it'd be nice to uh, see if you guys have a few drinks and hopefully get a few winners. And how about you, Katie? I see you've been at the race course uh, recently and you get another trip on Saturday. Yeah, I had a nice trip to Bangor on D yesterday, my first time there. Nice little course, good performances, listed mares novices chase, which was really good. And uh, it was an enjoyable day and I'm really looking forward to being back at Cheltenham. Can't wait for it. Yeah. And how about you, Mark? Are you uh, looking forward to uh, visiting Pressbury Park? Yeah, it'll be good. The home of jumps racing. Hopefully we can get a couple of winners as well. Looking forward to it. Yeah, let's get stuck into it then. Without further ado, uh, the first race we're going to look at is the 145. It's the From the Horse's Mouthers podcast, Arkle Challenge Trophy Trial Novices Chase. is a grade two contest, bit of a mouthful name there, uh, over two miles. And Momorale is set to make his chase debut for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. He's your favourite, nine to four. We've then got Tommy's Oscar in the second favourite, three to one. Not far behind him is Bambridge at seven to two. Pennant Hills, the former Triumph Hurdle winner at 6-1. to one. Glory of Fortune at 12. Bigger are the rest. Um, I'll come to you here first, Izzy. Uh, Mon Morale looks quite an exciting prospect. Uh, do we think he'll get the job done on his uh, chasing debut or are we going to go with something else? Um, obviously, he's got a jump. So um, there's just that, obviously, question mark there. Paul Nichols got a fantastic strike rate at the moment. There's no doubt in that. Tommy's Oscar and Pentland Hills... Didn't, well, Pentland Hills had actually no rivals last time out and Tommy's Oscar only had one. So you've obviously just got to look at how tested have they been so far. The one that took my eye was actually Bambridge. I think, you know, he jumped really well at Garren Park and he rung them ragged, to be honest with you. He's been a winner over two mile. And if you go and watch his, you know, novice chase, I think that it was all hands and heels in the end. It looked nice and easy. So I think he could be a little dangerous, slightly bigger price. Yeah, I think Bambridge is probably the way I was looking at it. I uh, thought that was a, like I say, impressive win at Gorham Park last time out. Could be lots more to come. Still only six year old. Won the uh, Martin Pipe as well at the festival um, earlier in the year. We know that that's a race that normally throws out plenty of top quality horses. And yeah, I, I think uh, I'm in agreement. I think he's the one that uh, could have a very good chance on paper. Uh, how about you though, Katie? How did you see this one? I think it's a good race. Um, I was torn between Mon Morel and Banbridge. I think Mon Morel is one of the most impressive looking horses I've seen. He's a big horse, got a lovely coat, shape as though he'll take defence as well. Nichols Dable is in excellent form, as Izzy was saying, and I think he's got a great chance, but obviously he doesn't have that course form or chasing experience. He has gone well fresh before, but in calmer waters. And when he was seen first time out last season, it was in the competitive fighting fifth hurdle uh, at Newcastle, where he finished lame. So I think it would be unfair to judge him on that. 
he hasn't quite been on song since, so he will need to bounce back. But I think he'll show improvement over fences, and he will have learned a lot last season. And he's only a five-year-old. Bambridge was excellent at Cheltenham, and he benefits from having run at the course already. And he also has experience over fences, as he won on debut early last month. But he was really disappointing at Aintree. It might have come too soon after his win in the Martin Pike, but it does give me slight doubts about him. Um, you got Pentland Hills walkover last time. It's difficult to know the form with him. Um, so I happily watch this race without getting too involved, as I think both Montmorel and Bambridge have great potential. But obviously, you've got Tommy's Oscar and Pentland Hills, who could be good enough to feature if they're at their best. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one that you'll probably be getting uh, getting the replay uh, tools out for and, and dissecting. I think, yeah, there's quite a few in here with, with chances, and it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. How about you, though, Mark? Did you have a particularly strong fancy in the first race we're looking at here? Yeah, quite liked um, Tommy's Oscar. He's quite impressed with that run at Carlisle. First time over a fence. I know he, he fancied him last year for the champion hurdle, but he was just too keen and pulled his chance away. The surreal class, he saw, he's only seven. He's top raid here, 156. I mean, he came up against Donald McCain's Jeromino last time out. Um, had to give away, what, nearly two stone, stone and a bit in weight. First time out, I mean, this one had a lot of experience. Highly progressive for Donald McCain. I mean, he's around three to one right now on the sports book. I think he's a fair enough price. Um, I think he'll improve for that run as well. I mean, he's one of the horses of mine to follow for this season. I think he'll take this. Um, I think he's the one to be on here. Mm, quite a bold selection there from Mark Tommy's Oscar. Yeah, I think he's got a very good chance in this of, of running well. But for me, I, I'm not sure. I think there's a few. Uh, other interesting types and he's one that I'd probably just let go through to the wicketkeeper but a very competitive uh, first race there so that's the 145 covered we're now going to move on to the feature race on day two at Cheltenham which is the Paddy Power Gold Cup Handicap Chase looks very competitive 16 runners at the current time of recording and French Dynamite is your favourite for Mouse Marish the Irish Raider at 9-2 Galore at 13-2 Stolen Silver for Sam Thomas at 7s Ilredota at 17 to Galahad Quest at 11 to 1, Midnight River 12s, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, what made your shortlist uh, for this race? And did you have one at maybe a bigger price that the listen- listeners can get stuck into? Well, there's two that caught my eye in this one as well, actually. I like Stolen Silver for informed trainer Sam Thomas. I think with the yard currently performing at around a 38% strike rate, it's clear the horses are running well. And I think he could be a horse that is improving and could be dangerous. He won a grade two handicap when last seen. He is now seven pounds higher, which is my biggest concern. But if he's able to cope with the hike in the weight, I think he's got a chance. And he has run well at the chance at the track before, which is always a plus for horses at Cheltenham. But I have to give a shout to Cool Cody. He's only one pound higher than Solon Silver. The weight is the concern for me again. I think he's on a high enough mark that he may struggle to win off 151 at this stage in his career, £7 higher than his last winning mark. But he can never be ruled out at Cheltenham. He loves it there. And if he can get his own way out in front and dictate the rhythm, he'll be one that's staying on late as he comes alive up that hill when plenty of others falter. So I think at around 16-1, to 1, he's going to be a decent each-way play here for me. Okay, a few to note there from Katie. How about you, Mark? Is there one that you particularly like in this race? I think this is very competitive and um, you've got a lot of yards that are in in good form and um, Henderson yards flying they had, they had a winner today 
think it was Market Raisin. It was the one that beat um, the Simon Manure colours. Apparently that needed the run, but still won quite comfortably. The yard's absolutely flying. Mr. Fisher's classy. We've got Sam Thomas Rummer there as well. Stone Silver, like Katie Fancy, Coaching Distance Form. Skeleton Yards flying. Mouse Morris is sending some of the pipe yards flying. I think the safe bet here is to, is to lay David Maxwell on the place market. Additional place market. You can get, get that laid at what? Three to one, five to two. I think it's easy money, isn't it? It's professional jockeys against yards that are in form. Things got no chance. Okay, Mark then wants to oppose uh, Simply the Bets, who's actually making his uh, uh, debut uh, in the Maxwell Colours. Uh, was a good horse uh, for the Brooks family a couple of years ago, and if he bounces back to some of his form, he has a chance. But yeah, David Maxwell, a particular concern there. For Mark, and how about you, Izzy? Um, did you have one uh, big price, or are you looking towards the top end of the market? Um. I, first of all, completely agree with Katie with the honourable mention, really, for Cool Cody. I think that he has to be respected with his obvious form at Cheltenham. Surely he can't keep just winning there, but every time we say that, he does. So I think that he's respected. I probably will have a little go on him. Um, In terms of... The one that I really fancied, I actually really like the look of Nassalam. He wants, for, he wanted further. So um, his last run at Ascot, he didn't quite get the distance he wanted. They did also want to run him at the Cheltenham Open meeting, but the ground didn't go in their favour on that occasion either. So he hasn't really had the right race yet. I think that the Ascot race was a pipe opener. He's back at his ideal distance. Um, so it's Nassalam for me. Okay, Nassalam for Izzy. The one I quite liked in here, I think, is probably the most interesting runner in the field. We've not seen him for quite a while, but I'm at fourteen to one. I'm prepared to give him a chance. And that is Happy Go Lucky for David Bass and, and Kim Bailey. Um, hard to believe this horse has been away from the track for five hundred eighty-one days. If he's on song, I think he's got a great chance. The yard are going well at the moment. At the time recording, they're operating at thirty-three percent strike rate. This horse has got an unbelievable record, fresh. Um, He's won on all his uh, seasonal reappearances in 2019 and 2020. Good course form, finished second here in the Ultima behind Vintage Clouds. He's won uh, a grade two novice chase at, at the December meeting. Uh, fourth in the Martin Pipe here behind Indefatigable. Plenty of good Cheltenham form. And if he's on song, I think 151 is definitely within range. And I think he's got a very good chance. We know he stays far as well. If he can be towards the front, I don't think you want to be coming from off the pace in these handicap chases. A lot of things can happen. You can bump into fallers, you can get hampered. We often see it time and time again, horses up on the front end um, being there at the business end. And that's why the likes of Cool Cody is such a Cheltenham specialist. You know, he keeps out of the trouble. So that's why he uh, keeps doing his job. And I think Happy Go Lucky, if he can uh, be right up there in the pace, I think, um, yeah, I think he's a it could be a danger if he's tuned up for this and yeah, I think he's a bit of a big price at 14 to 1 but interesting to see how the market reacts to him on the day so that is the Paddy Power Gold Cup Handicap Chase covered we're now moving on to the 255 for another Paddy Power sponsored race it is the Paddy Power Games Handicap Hurdle um, over 3 miles and Shearer is your 72 favourite Annual Invictus at 13 to 2 Paddle Your Own Canoe at 7s City Ishmael at 7s on the blind side at 9s bigger are the rest uh, Mark I'll come to you here first Shearer he's won his last two starts do we think he's going to make it a hat trick or is this far more competitive 
Yeah, I quite like the top one. Nicky Henderson's on the blind side against stable form, flying, course and distance winner. One four four could be a bit of an ass, but I think that one's certainly interesting. Um, another one at price is Lesnigar Oscar. Definitely a classy sort of this one. Off one four four. Um on his old form with Paisley Park, start of start of this year. He's got to be competitive here. Um, what price is Lesnar for Oscar, Chris, at the moment? Uh, I've got 16s coming up on my screen. Listen, I think if you can get four places, Lesnar Oscar at 16s is a value bet. I mean, if this one shows anywhere near its old form of 142, could be fine here. Yeah, definitely. It could be former Stairs Hurdle winner there. And Rob James as well is an interesting jockey booking coming over from Ireland here claiming the seven. That's um, a very valuable seven as well. I mean, technically, what's he running off here? He's running off 135. Yeah, 135. So Dangerous. Could easily have a few pounds to play with. Um, how about you, though, Izzy? Who did you like in this one? Well, I do agree with Mark with on the blind side. I think looking at the form of Nichols, uh, sorry, looking at the form of Henderson, I think he's got obviously a 42% strike rate. So they're very, very close. Nichols 47 currently and Henderson 42. So yeah, 42% strike rate is quite tasty looking. He returned last year at the Newbury meeting. Um, and that didn't quite go as well. He didn't quite have such a good season. So they're going back to a proven formula with bringing him out first time at this meeting. So I quite like the look of that. I also do, I am a bit of an NFL fan, obviously that film, The Blind Side. So there's that little link there as well. He won this um, two years ago. So I think on The Blind Side has got a fantastic chance. For the same reason though, I am afraid of Shearer. He won here at the open meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nichols' strike rate is just dangerous, so I think that he's probably got his eye in as well, Shearer, having, you know, so recently run at the track. Could end up being a bit of a Cheltenham specialist, so we'll see. But, yeah, they're the two for me. I can't actually pick. I'll just, I think I'm just going to decide on the day. <laughs> OK, maybe uh, one, one to uh, see where as he goes come uh, post-time in, in the minutes before the off there. So, yeah, quite a lot of love on the podcast tonight then for On the Blind Side. But Izzy thinks Shearer as well is the most likely danger. How about you though, Katie? You get final say on this race? I think Shearer on his recent performances is definitely the one to beat. But I will give a shout to Annual Amicthus. He's been pulled out and account of the ground twice in recent months. His trainer may be waiting for ground with a bit of ease in it. Uh, he could get that here and he often runs well fresh. I like his form here just over a year ago with offences. He beat some nice horses in Danny Gerwen, Torn and Freight, as well as a couple of others. He stayed on really well, and although this is a different task over hurdles, I think he has the engine to be competitive in this over three miles. Chris Gordon is also in decent form, five from 19 in the last 14 days, so just over a quarter of his runners have won. I'd expect Annual Amictus to be competitive, but I would be more inclined to back him each way as I think the favourite Shearer could improve further and he could be dominant in this race. So, yeah, but I would just go for annual Invictus. Okay, Katie then likes uh, Chris Gordon's uh, annual Invictus. The one I liked in here, I'm surprised no one mentioned him actually, was uh, Sidi Ismail for for, for David Pike. I think this horse... um, could be, could have been well placed here uh, by David Pipe. Was very progressive uh, over fences and hurdles last year. Went on a bit of a winning streak um, in the winter, and then just got found out. I think after a few hard races. However, it was a really pleasing return. I thought last time out when he won quite comfortably 
at um, at Worcester. It's his second run after a wind up as well. He's off a mark of one two seven. It clearly would require career best, but he's just a horse that I just think stays. And he's got a lovely uh, racing weight of ten stone eleven. The Pipe Team in really good form as well at the moment. Uh, been amongst the winners of late, and I just think uh, this could be a, a David Pipe handicap hurdle masterclass. And I think at seven to one, I think he's a really dangerous player here. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be staying at that hill quite well at the end. And yeah, he's my selection in the race. So that's the thoughts then on the 2.55. The last race we're going to look at on Saturday at Cheltenham is the 3.30. It's the Paddy Power Feel Like a Favourite Intermediate Handicap Hurdle. And Wise Guy is your favourite for Nicky Henderson. We've then got the Irish Raider uh, for Anthony Martin. Unanswered at 5s. Ella Perfector at 6s. Another Irish Raider. Time flies by at eight to one. Gun, Guernsey at nines. Mahon's glory at tens. Bigger are the rest. Izzy, coming to you here first. I thought this was probably one of the more trickier races on the card. Uh, did you have a, a strong selection here? I was about to say exactly that. I think that it is one of the hardest races on the day. Personally, I don't have a strong fancy, but I do quite like the look of Time Flies By. I think the race conditions just look to suit for him. Um, but obviously, I'm slightly off put by the fact that Nico has picked wise guy but you know jockeys have picked wrong before so I'll probably have a little go on time flies by and see how he gets on yeah one to, to keep an eye on quite a lot of unexposed likely race horses in here and any of them could have quite a few pounds in hand so yeah maybe uh, sit and watch job how about you though Katie did you have a, a horse in here that you liked well, I was looking at Wise Guy, who hasn't been seen since December. He won convincingly at Doncaster then, but I'm not sure if the form is that impressive as the horses in behind who actually finished the race at all still maidens. And Wise Guy's run prior to that was less than impressive too. But the trip of an extended two-mile-one there may have been just slightly too short for him. But he did beat Hillcrest on his debut, so I suppose there is potential with him. Um, I'm not sure what to make of a few of the others in the race. I think it is quite a tricky one. And I was struggling to have a strong fancy as well. I'd probably take a punt at an answer who has been busy enough during the summer. He was fifth last time out on the flat at the cover. Hasn't been tried over this trip before, but he was convincing over an extended two miles at Punchestown in May. And I think there just could be a little bit more to come from him. So unanswered maybe to make the frame for me. Yeah, he's definitely been the subject of some market support. He was as big as 10 to 1 earlier. He's now 5 to 1, and there's definitely been, I say, a lot of money come for unanswered. And it's not unlike Tony Martin. He wouldn't be uh, wasting bullets uh, sending sending horses to Cheltenham. How about you, though, Mark? Have you got any uh, inside angle here? Well, this is quite, a, quite an average race, to be honest with you. Um, I think Guernsey is one that you'd want to be taking on. Um, he smashed this one at Sandown last time, 13-2 and 11-4. Unseated rider. This one's a bad jumper as well. Don't think this one can be trusted going around Cheltenham. First time around the track as well. Um, £7 claimer on board. Stable form isn't great. Not firing at all. This is one that you definitely want to be taking on, I think, in the place market and the lay department. When they tried to gamble uh, Gumball, Ascot a week, two weeks ago as well. Connection smashed that no good. So not trying to be too negative, but this is one you want to be taking on in the place market. Okay, Mark's quite keen to oppose uh, Guernsey. Phil Hobbs, yeah, they've been a little bit in and out, quite hard, stable to catch right at the moment. And uh, yeah, maybe quite a few of their horses need the run. And 
and this horse might be a little bit exposed at other weights so mark is keen to oppose guernsey the one i liked was that l perfecta um for kieran murphy liam mckenna coming over riding um claims of five i think this horse could be a horse that could be a horse maybe to step up and grade into some mare's company at some point. Interesting that she's coming over, taking on the Geldins. She's only a six-year-old. She was a good winner last time out at Listow. Hard to know what that form's worth, but uh, the handicap is not taking any chances here uh, running her off a, off a 127. We've seen horses like the likes of Heaven Help Us in the past, a few other mares uh, as well have kind of taken that uh, step out, uh, broken through and taken that step out of handicap company. And I think maybe if uh, she does well here, she could potentially feature... At, uh, at maybe the festival and maybe the mayor's hurdle or something like that so yeah i think she's quite a shrewd horse and i wonder if they're just coming over here for the course experience and taking up a nice prize in the process i think she could be better than her mark and i think it could be a shrewd bit of planning there so that's my view on the race ella perfecta so that's the the main races then we've covered for saturday we're now going to move on to the sunday where we've got another cracking card and the first race we're going to look at here is the 145 it's the Schler chase i should say that at the time recording we don't know the full decks but edwardstone is the warm favorite at four to six for tom cannon and alan arkel last year's arkel winner we then got nuba negra at six to four editor jugeet at 10 to one i think he's got entries elsewhere sizes and potsy at 16s numator at 20 to one and bigger are the rest uh katie i come to you here first looks like it's going to cut up do we think um edwardstone will uh, get his head in front on his seasonal reappearance i'm not sure to be honest i don't think there's that much between the top two at the market edwardstone and nube negra it's not a race i'd be getting too involved in from a betting perspective they're both appearing for the first time this season i think it'll be dependent on who jumps the best edwardstone is coming out of novice company it'll be a different task to what he's previously faced and nube negra has been running in tougher races gaining plenty of experience He's run first time out the past three years too, so I think he probably represents the value by being a shade of odds against. But Edward Stone was almost perfect as a novice chaser and he could show a lot of improvement. So I think it's a really tough race to predict, but uh, I'll be watching intently and see how the race unfolds. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who gets to curd. Like I say, it could cut up, but so uh, yeah, definitely if Edward Stone and Nuba Negra turn up, it'll be a good clash. Uh, how about you, Mark? Who did you like in the Schler? I think I'm with Katie. I think it's difficult to split Edwardstone and Nuba Negra. Um, you see, Edwardstone's getting a, a three pound as well off Nuba Negra. Both classy sorts, coast and distance form. I think it's probably a race that I wouldn't go big stakes in. Obviously, if it does cut up, I think if see Nuba Negra doesn't, doesn't run, I think Edwardstone's definitely the bet, and vice versa. The King Yard flying, Skeleton Yard flying. Interesting one is um, Morgan Daily Tiger. And this one was actually Gigginstown. But I don't think this one will run, though, but could be interesting back in Handicap Company. Um, did run at Ascot um, the other week. It was well beat behind Time White, absolutely hacked up. But I think this one back in Handicap Company could be interesting. Got dropped £5 for that, that run last time out. So very surprised that even attempting to even run this year. Um, but I put that one in your tracker further down the line. Okay, one to maybe note uh, for landing a punt then with uh, Laura Morgan, Daily Tiger, one there to, like I say, keep in the tracker from Mark. And how about you, Izzy? Uh, Edward Stone, Uber Negra, are we in one of those camps? I 
was really in Edward Stone's camp all the way. I was thinking, yeah, you know, so impressive last season, run an absolute blinder at Cheltenham in the Arkle. Um, stable, though, you know, obviously perhaps not 100%, but you've got Nube Negra, won this race last year. I think the, I totally agree with Katie and what she said that Edward Stone is stepping up now into slightly different company and could just find this a little bit harder. But I'm with everybody else. I'm quite split. But just for his profile and for how impressive he was last year, I'd like to see Edward Stone go and win this well. Yeah, me too. I think Edward Stone, I was really impressed with him last year. He wasn't particularly flashy, but he got the job done and he was good enough. And yeah, Arkle winners tend to kick on and do quite well sometimes uh, when they when they take on their elders. And yeah, one to uh, definitely uh, savour on Sunday afternoon. The next race then we're going to look at is the 220. It's the Juice and Handicap Chase. And Musical Slave is your favourite for Phil Hobbs at 10 to 3. Does he know at 9 to 2, along with Fantastic Ass at 9 to 2. Hold That Tort at uh, 8 to 1. Slipway at 11s. Trucker's Lodger at 11s and bigger uh, are the rest. Now I'll come to you here first. Uh, quite a lot of uh, old favourite names in here. Did, did we have one that uh, was at the top of our shortlist? What Mighty Thunder is interested in the Cinder Russell. Stables flying, 26% strike rate. Um, obviously, this I had run for what 190 days. I think of 144. This one can be competitive. Um, so he ran in the Grand National behind Noble Ute, so no issues about staying. Um, handle the conditions as well. If this turns into a proper slog, you could see Mighty Thunder coming up that hill. What price is Mighty Thunder at the moment on the sportsbook? Uh, currently 14 to one. Yeah, fair price. I probably might have expected a bit bigger. Um, don't think this is massively competitive. A lot of these are exposed, especially at the bottom of the handicap. But I mean, this one's been highly tried. Big step down in class here. Yeah, yeah, it's former Scottish Grand National winner, and he, and he could be uh, having the Grand National again on his agenda this season. So, yeah, one to definitely watch if he gets declared tomorrow uh, in this race. Uh, how about you, Izzy? Who did you like in this one? Well. I was looking at Fantasticas and Does He Know. So they were both due to run at Sandown last Sunday prior to the abandonment. So this is presumably a plan B for both of these. I mean, Does He Know was second at this meeting last year. He's trying a bit of a step up in trip. Um, but I really liked the look of Fantasticas, to be honest, at Sandown, because I really thought that the ground was probably more in his favour. Um, the weekend looks like it's going to be quite bright doesn't it they're sort of talking 17 18 degrees and a bit of sunshine so i do like fantastic as but i'd quite like to see what ground we get first because i do think i'd prefer it a little bit softer for him okay so fantastic ass could be the one to watch for izzy but just see how how the ground plays out uh over the weekend then at cheltenham with that one and how about you katie you get the last say on this race I'd probably go for Musical Slave, who's been been in good form. First time out this season, seven pounds higher than when finishing second to Hubick at Sundown in April. I think he's probably the one to beat. Uh, could still be fairly well handicapped. Does he know? Good horse, but he carries top weight. Could prove to be a bit difficult on this occasion. I think it depends on who is declared. There weren't any horses that really caught my eye in the field, so I think I'd be inclined to stick with a consistent Musical Slave. 
Okay, quite a warm vote then for the favourite musical slave from Katie. The one that I'm half interested in is Eva's Oscar. Thought he did pretty well over Fences last season, which included quite a, a good second behind um, behind Corrish Rambler back at this uh, course in uh, December. I thought he actually ran in a decent race last time out at Kelso. That's going to work out quite well. Yeah, the likes of Sounds Russian, who looks like he's going places. I write. Hill 16, Castle Robin, plenty of uh, good horses in there, and I think he'll probably uh, strip fitter for the run. And yeah, he might be a horse that uh, could maybe improve again this season in these stern chases. So, Eva's Oscar it is for me, but not a particularly strong selection there. We're now going to go uh, to the feature race on Sunday, the 255. It's the Uni Bet Great Wood Handicap Hurdle, and Thousand Tears has been the subject of an Emmett Mullins Gambles here at 4 to 1. We then got Daz Lad at 11 to 2, Sonagina at 13 to 2, I Like to Move It at 8 to 1, Jin Coco at 12s, Nina the Terrier at 12s, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, uh, Izzy. Uh, I Like to Move It is a horse that uh, I know you've got a lot of time for. Are we going to go with him or are we going to go with something else? Well, I have to be honest, I probably will have a bet on I Like to Move It just for the pure fact that I always follow the Tristan Davis stable. But I am quite taken with Dad's lad who got Mullins off to a 100% strike rate at Cheltenham at the Open um, a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm quite taken by him. So, yeah, you've, you've got me down to a T, though, there. I will be splitting my bet and having a go on I Like to Move It as well. Okay, what a surprise! Of course, that's another that's another one. If you're playing the the in the saddle in the saddle podcast drinks bingo game, Izzy, Nigel Tristan Davis, it's got to be worth a shot. Isn't it? I'd be legless if you were doing that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what would be going on, but yeah. So that's uh, Izzy's thoughts on the race. Uh, how about you, Katie? Who did you like in the Great Wood? I think you've got to be weary of thousand tears for Emmett Mullins, don't you? I mean, he's a current favourite. It would be no surprise to see those fellas bolt up. But I'm with Izzy with Dad's lads. You know, it made it difficult enough for himself from running here last month. He fancies to do, but he stayed on well to beat Ethanot Fizz. And the pair of them pulled well clear of the field. He's only three pounds higher for that. And, you know, you never underestimate a Willie Mullins runner, especially at Cheltenham. So I think he has to be contention, in contention. And I think he's just uh, edge it for me. Okay, Dad's lad for Katie and how about you Mark yeah I don't think it's any surprise to see money for Thousand Tears we seem to be seeing money for every one of Emmett Mullins runners that come over here they have a it was such a noble drifter what was the one Friday night was on last week one we actually looked at teed up yeah I was quite weak I finished second but um, I mean I quite like Nina the Terrier um, in Ellen Kingyard the runners are going okay had every chance when fell behind Molly's Ollie's wishes. The mayor's hurdle at Weatherby. Cantering was very strong in the market that day. I mean, I think this one's interesting off a mark of what one three one. I think this one can be competitive. I think that's a big step down in class as well. As long as that run didn't take anything out of her last week, I think she's interesting in the terrier. What price is she at the moment? Nina, the terrier is coming up at twelve to one. She's a big price. I mean, she she if she's running in that sort of class, and she's running around a handicap of one three one. I mean, surely she's better than one three one. She's probably a one forty, one four five. Yeah, could be. Uh, she's got probably step up a little bit, but 
yeah, on her best form, you can definitely make a case for her. Uh, I liked a couple in there at slightly bigger prices. The first one was Cormier, who I thought was very interesting. Got a lot of time for Ben Bromley. Uh, if you followed uh, me and Mark on our trip to Musselburgh, we were all over his horse, uh, horse uh, um, there when he won uh, in the double green home St. George's. Uh, he absolutely bolted up that day. Interesting that he's riding here for Brian Ellison, who won in these colours a few years ago when he used Danny McMenamin. Um, with Nietzsche, uh, one three eight might be on the high side, but obviously Ben Bromley seven pound claim is definitely going to help neg negate that, and I think he's definitely overpriced here. Uh, Mark of Gold is another horse that I've got a lot of time for. Was very progressive last year. Uh, was very impressed, impressed by his return at Plumpton. Obviously needs to step up, but I think he could have a bit more to offer. And Angolo as well. Now Patrick Neville previously with uh, Anne Duffield I think that one could go well and Playful Saint as well Harry Skelton uh, but to ride and they've actually got West Cork in here you you think on form will be the number one choice but Playful Saint's 33 to 1 and uh, yeah just have to see what happens when the decks come out but if I had to go for my main selection it probably would be Cormier who I think 25 to 1 I think that is a big price with Ben Bromley definitely one of the con conditional jockeys to follow this season so the next race we're going to look at the last race on the card is the 330 it's the Sky Bet Supreme Trial Novices Hurdle um, and Springwell Bay is your favourite at 11 to 4. We then got Ibirico Lord at 7 to 2, Jin Coco at 6 to 1, Father of Jazz at 8, Fenor Cross at 8. Bigger are the rest. Uh, Mark, I'll come to you here first. Who did you like in this one? I quite like uh, Springwell Bay. Uh, That's another one of my, my horses to follow this season. Massively impressive at Mar market raise and bullied up November last year. Backed it up. I mean, it was 2 to 5 last time out. Um, at Carlisle. I know the uh, the skeleton are actually at the form down this afternoon got beat Lawrence but had every chance I think it was a good ride by Johnny Burke on the winner but yeah I think uh, Spring will be is the one to be on here highly progressive um, I think this is one you'd be looking for the Cheltenham Festival any post markets okay Mark's quite uh, warm on chances of Springwell Bay how about you Casey I think it's another tricky race on the card lots of horses that we don't know too much about at this stage uh, Birka Lord making his debut for Nicky Henderson, only been seen in France. Difficult to know what to make of that form. Springwell Bay looks progressive, unbeaten since joining John Joe O'Neill, won well on Birdling debut, as Matt was mentioning. But I've been trying to side with Plains Indian if he is to come over for Andrew Slattery. He beat the Friday Man at Limerick a few weeks ago. The Friday Man was Evans' favourite for Gordon Elliott then, really well fancied, but he couldn't peg back the winner on that occasion. Plains Indian is back up in trip, which is maybe a slight concern, as his win last time came over 2 mile 5 on soft. But I think that his extra stamina might benefit in the closing stages here. I think he's a really interesting runner, so hopefully he lines up and I'd be quite keen to see how he gets on. Okay, positive mention then for Plains Indian. And Izzy, you get the final say on our last race. I quite like the look of Ukan Tango. Um, won his last three starts and, you know, like Mark said, he's, I think, won as well for your, for your Cheltenham trackers, really. He had a few of these in behind at Weatherby last time, so that's why I'm sticking with him. Yeah, definitely one to follow. The Ollie Murphy team seem like they're getting into a little bit of form now. They had a nice winner uh, at Market Raisin today. Um, and yeah, you can Targo, he's done nothing wrong. And yeah, it could be open to more improvement. So that's our thoughts then on the November meeting at Cheltenham for Saturday and Sunday. Once again, to Izzy, uh, Katie and Mark for giving up their time. Hopefully um, we uh, 
provide you some winners and uh, we'll see you there at the weekend make sure you come and give us a shout if you see us but yeah um, please remember to follow us on all the socials we're available on twitter and instagram at in the saddle pod also as well um, subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms we're on soundcloud itunes and spotify please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon